Hey, great you're listening. This podcast is for anyone who is interested in sustainable development, leadership and happiness. I'm Maaike van der Velde and for the majority of my career I've been working in an action-driven environment where people strive for equal rights, sustainable development for people and planet. In this podcast series I will explore examples of leadership that led to sustainable change. And it doesn't matter if you're working in a commercial enterprise, government or non-profit, What actually matters in this podcast is the drive of people to change something for the environment or the people they care about. Enjoy listening and let me know what you think. Hey, great you are listening today to this podcast. Um, Today I will take you along into my own river of life. And the reason why I do this is so you understand more about my background, my framework, my point of reference and my cultural lens. And this all influences actually the the way how I perceive the concept of leadership and sustainable impact. This podcast series is not about me, not at all. Um, I actually want to interview and highlight leaders that drove change processes and that led to better situations for others, the environment, etc. So after this short introduction, you will get to know some inspiring leaders and learn more about their stories and what they've done so far. Uh, As I explained, this short introduction is about my own journey, my own river of life. So I've been raised, I've been born and raised in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. I had a pretty happy and easygoing childhood. I grew up in a kind of easygoing, a white, privileged neighborhood. I went to a good school. I had one little brother. I have a very good relationship with him and also two lovely parents. So my fundament, my childhood was very easygoing and I'm very grateful for that. I had a good start of my life. Ever since I was small, I had a fascination for other cultures though. My dad traveled quite a bit. And when he come home from a business trip to South Africa or Suriname, for example, I was just fascinated by all his stories. He always took nice presents along and I just wanted to join him on his next trip. At primary school, I chose to do therefore some presentations, not about the standard subjects, but more about uh, design and jewelry about in African countries, for example. Um, I read also a lot about different countries in the world. I really had a fascination for African countries. I watched a lot of photo books in the library. Internet wasn't there, folks, so I had to do it with books, old school. Uh, So yeah, and there's where my interest basically started in people, in cultures, in communities. So if I jump a little bit in the future, or in in the next years in university, basically... um, the, the urge to travel and actually go to the African continent grew more and more. And I don't know actually why Africa, maybe because of my dad, he traveled there quite a bit. But um, it was very clear for me, I needed to go there. So I, uh, yeah, I made a plan. Uh, I decided to save some money and I ended up in Kenya and Tanzania when I was 19 years old. And there, basically, my river took, for the first time, a very steep turn into another direction. I kind of fell in love in these uh, countries. 
There was so beautiful, the people were lovely, the flavors, the colors, the sounds, the smell. It was fantastic. It was brilliant. I really felt at home. Um, I was also touched or maybe shocked for the first, really shocked for the first time in my life because I was confronted with the impact of HIV and AIDS in the time in the communities. Um, it was really impactful to see what was happening there to whole families, whole communities where many people were affected. So when I traveled back home, back to Amsterdam, I really had to think about what I've seen and what I have experienced over there. By the time I studied psychology and I decided to um, switch my studies, I, I, it was not the right fit. I needed to do something more which was in line with the cultural interest that I had and the people um, with the groups and how they organized each other. So I started uh, this master program, which is called Culture Organization and Management. And from the early beginning, I focused it on HIV and AIDS and how it was impacting organization and businesses. It took some years, but after I finally was ready for my graduation year, I did a master research. I ended up in South Africa, where I lived for a while. And I was able to enter uh, and dive into the South African police corps. And it was absolutely amazing. I investigated their policies on HIV and AIDS, what they did for the employees and the staff members, and I interviewed many, many people in all, co- in all parts of the, of the country. Um, it was about prevention, but also what to do when you are infected. It was about how to deal with stigma and discrimination and about very sensitive topics, people who are very... Uh, open but also vulnerable in a way I really I really felt privileged that I could be there and and do this research Um, I'm actually quite proud of what I did and I kind of did it on my own and looking back it's something that I think wow uh, that's um, that's not what you do every day let's say it like that Um, the whole master thesis and research actually prepared me. I didn't know that by then, but it prepared me for my first job, my first step in my career path, which started at the Dutch Ministry of Foreign Affairs in the Netherlands on the Department of HIV and AIDS Prevention. It was kind of a logical place for me to be there. And I really enjoyed my time. I, I had a great opportunity to learn a lot about policies, uh, policy making, but also the political system, all the international debates. Um, it was uh, very interesting and meaningful for me to be there and had that as a good solid base of my career. And from there on, I had the opportunity to, to work more on an NGO level, on a, still on HIV prevention. And I worked with so many great leaders from a transgender activist in Vietnam up until the Minister of International Development uh, on a conference and everything in between. But the opportunity to work with so many different people striving for equal rights, uh, breaking through stigma and discrimination, um, access to healthcare, all the basic elements, it was really, really amazing to, uh, to do that work. I learned a lot from all these people I worked with over those years. They raised their voice to create better situations for others. And that's really inspiring for me. 
I wanted to contribute to those movements, to the people and strengthen them and see how they could create better situations. But after a couple of years, I realized that I was kind of stuck in the international cooperation in the, the, the sector I was working in. I did a lot of uh, writing, proposal writing, uh, reading, uh, but I was not so much really working together with people to try to make change. Um, so I I felt I was not using my best talents or, or skills in this, in uh, to say so. I was much more interested in coaching and talking to people, creating conferences, movements and those kind of things. So that led to kind of a deep search on what I was actually wanting to do and how I could add value. For a while, this actually meant that I quit, this, quit the international cooperation or the international development sector, so to say. I ended up in working in a commercial enterprise where I was coaching, training people um, uh, and working with teams on their developments. Main focus was communication, sales training, but also leadership development and team development. And I really, really loved the work. It was, yeah, I really found something that suited me well. Um, but yeah, it was not the environment where I was so passionate about. I kind of missed the yeah, uh, impact on society, so to say. So after a while, that became really a friction point again. Um, so it was time for me to, uh, to come back to the international community. But I realized I needed to find a role that suited me well, that fit my talents and my ambitions, basically. Um, meanwhile, I also got children, so there were a lot of life-changing events. So my river was all over again, searching for the right direction. Um, and I was so pleased that I found this job at ACFO, an international NGO that provides data solutions for government, international organizations, the United Nations, etc. And they offered me a position as their global HR manager, human resource manager. And that was actually the perfect fit. I was still part of an organization that drives change with a lot of change makers around me, but I was able to see how I could strengthen them and empower them to do the best work, how I could contribute to the organizational development, to team development, and see how together these people could make a real impact in the world but also how to deal with setbacks, how to uh, go about very complex and difficult decision-making processes. Uh, I always try to look how people could be their authentic self and see how they together could make impact. So that role was really, really, um, yeah, a blessing in the sky, so to say. Uh, and over the last years, I really focused on leadership development, on happiness at work, how to create a happy and healthy work environment. And it led to more and more one-on-one -on -one coaching, more and more training sessions. So I really feel that this is the direction uh, I will move into next. Um, for me, happiness at work and leadership uh, development is so essential uh, and I will explain why. Because I believe that the people that drive change actually need to work in a healthy uh, and happy working environment to be the best they can be. 
Uh, we always think that the outcomes of working on sustainable development will provide happiness and a healthy environment for people. But if I also see it as a crucial ingredient uh, for change makers to invest in that so they can become those drivers and those change agents, agents that they want to be. So I see it as a fundamental step in the debate of sustainable development that uh, uh, the organizations, teams and individuals should invest, should, it, it should be a logical element of the work that they do basically. If you talk about happiness at work, for me, it's all about creating a situation where your purpose, where you feel that what you contribute to the world is bigger than your own win, so to say. It's bigger than your salary you get every month. But you have a drive to change something or you have to drive to contribute to the something. Um, and the other thing that is really important is that you understand what you are good at. You understand what your talents are, your skill sets, where you can learn more from, where you can grow into. So that is, it. It's. It, I don't see it as a status quo. It's something you can, every time you can add on, you can add on. But also knowing what things that do not fit you, fit you very well. And make a good puzzle. Just, I have seen so many beautiful examples for people that really dived into a position that was just made for them. But I also also saw a lot of people who grabbed, for example, a managerial position, but were not actually fit to be a good manager. Um, so all these kinds of examples are really important. And so understanding your, your skill set uh, contributes to your happiness. And also the context. I mean, um, the context where you work in should be nurturing you. And you can think about kind of making long hours or and those kind of elements, but also just having fun at work, having a group of colleagues where you relate to, where you feel at ease, where you feel psychologically safe. All these elements, these, this context nurtures you every day to do the job at the best possibility you can. So that happiness at work is really important. But it's also about leadership and not so much about being a CEO or a director of an organization, but every single individual in an organization has their own role to, to play and to take and to take leadership in that role. And it's about that crucial element, what you can, uh, where, where do you have influence on and how can you uh, drive and navigate your path in the direction that you think is the best possible direction. Um, so be sharp and be proactive and think about those things is really important. So you will notice that the coming interviews I will have are with people who are all have something to do with leadership, driving change, happiness at work. And I hope it will inspire you uh, and you pick out the things that you think, oh, I can try that or that's inspiring. Or So I hope these stories contribute to your own development and inspire all of you to, um, yeah, to do great things in life. I think that's, that's the bottom line. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or feedback, let me know. Love to uh, have a conversation and see you for the next episode. Ciao.